Welcome to Porch Talk. This is a podcast about anything and everything. We still don't have an intro, but this is February 22nd, 2022, a.k.a. Tuesday. Shout out. I'm Eric. This is Pops, Brockwood Elementary, class of 06, valedictorian. This is Diana, champion of women's rights, not confused at any point ever. I hate that for you. Um, today we do have a guest. We'll call it a special guest. She goes by the name of Alyssa. She's an artist and a dreamer. Found her on Instagram after we had a uh, Joy interview from Mahogany Mommies. Saw her posted some things. She had got some shirts. She seemed to support. Saw her Instagram. Thought she did some dope shit. So I figured we'd get her on. Um, Alyssa, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Oh, thank you for the kind words. No problem. I live in St. Pete, Florida. And my hubby and I moved here five years ago from Colorado. I am an artist. I do oil paintings and my husband and I do murals. And I'm obsessed with my dog. And we just adopted a puppy. So that's a new obsession for me too. Shout out. Two quick quick questions since we've got two dog adoptive parents here as well. Um, First question, what part of Florida is that? Like, what are you close to? I'm close to Tampa, so if you Uh see Orlando right in the middle of the state, if you go straight west to Tampa and then go a little bit more west, about 20 minutes, that's St. Pete, and it's a peninsula, so we're surrounded by water, and it's basically like the Keys. It's stunning. Ezra, you know where I I went on spring break every year? Yes. That's St. Pete. Love that you found a way to make this about you, but cool. By the way, these two dogs, what's the dog you just adopted and what's the other dog you have? So the other dog is a seven-year-old American Bulldog Pit Mix. His name is Knox, and we adopted him in Colorado. And then his sister was a Pitty Dalmatian Mix, and she passed away about two years ago. And he's been pretty sad. So we just recently started talking about rescuing again, and we looked at a few dogs and then landed on... This little mutt, we have no idea what she is, but she's a three-month-old puppy, so we have our hands full between potty training and her little razor-sharp dinosaur teeth and mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that, but she loves she loves Knox, so it makes our hearts so happy to see him playing again, and it's awesome. It's the best. A pit and Dalmatian mix sounds electric to think I know. About. Isn't that crazy? She was endless energy. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm looking at pictures of them right now. So I, cool. I just seen a Dalmatian Shepherd mix. Those are like becoming big. Those are also like very pretty mixes. Ooh, oh wow! Huh? I've never heard of that. I, I just actually dog I just dogs, adopted so. a uh, Ken Corso about a month and a half ago. Coolest dog ever. Aww. Eric, what dog you got? You got a Shepherd of some sort? We we don't know because he was like an owner surrender, but we think he's like some type of Australian Shepherd Border Collie mix, just from how he like kind of looks and. His energy and all that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Before we get into the real things here, one more question about this dog. Well, actually, it's about you, so this is real. Um, do you think having, because I've been hearing it, I don't know, I've never had an older dog and a puppy at the same time. Do you think having an older dog, that's going to make potty training a puppy easier? Since it'll have like that dog to like follow around and it'll see how he's handling and not using the bathroom in the house. So maybe it'll follow suit. Well, we have a little bit of an added learning curve because we have two dog doors. We have one that takes them out from the house to the lanai, and then there's Mm -hmm. another one that takes them from the lanai to the yard. So she's also trying to learn how to use the dog doors. But yes, in the grand scheme, she follows everything Knox does. So I think once she figures out the dog doors, it'll be a breeze. 
Okay. All right. So I think we should just start getting into some questions. So you had kind of alluded to it. And I think even as we talked about, you know, hey, you're an artist. Um, if you look on your socials, you kind of have some projects that you like to do. So I think it's just best to kind of get into first, like, what exactly do you do for a living? So my, I went to school for graphic design. I really wanted to go for fine art, but my parents were like, please, we're begging you go for something that'll pay the bills. (laughs) So I went for graphic design. I don't regret it because the, having the digital side of it has helped me tremendously in designing my paintings before I go and take them to the canvas. And what I didn't know we'd be doing when we moved to Florida is painting murals. And I'm able to design these murals, you know, on the iPad before they even touch the wall. And that a lot of that came from all my design skills. So we moved to Florida. Um, I decided I wanted to try to jump into being an artist full time and kind of reinvent myself because I didn't know anybody here. And we were so excited for this big change. And so I just painted my butt off and I painted anything and everything people would ask for. I did commissions. I did a lot of dogs, but I did anything under the sun. I mean, people wanted their motorcycles painted. Uh, One girl's husband was a helicopter pilot. So I did their helicopter with their babies um, born, you know, date and time on the helicopter, like crazy custom commissions of anything. But then a few years later, I got super burnt out and decided I just wanted to paint what I wanted to paint. So about two years ago, I started painting in oils, which is what my great grandma always did. So I really wanted to get into that just to kind of give give that to her. And I, I just never looked back. I just painted, painted, painted my ass off and I painted everything around me. And here there's no lack of inspiration because there's pelicans and dolphins and the beauty is just endless. And I was totally a landlocked mermaid from birth in Colorado. I've been in love and completely enamored by anything nautical um, since I was little. It's actually pretty crazy. I'm going off topic here, but (laughs) I found recently in a scrapbook that my mom had saved when I was three years old. Apparently we had to do like a big collage of all the things we loved. And it was like hibiscus flowers, sailboats, palm trees, things that did not exist in Colorado. I had never been to the beach. I was three. Isn't that crazy to just show like what you love. And now I'm obsessed with the water, you know? So I'm here, I'm painting. I do oil paintings of anything that inspires me. And my husband and I do big murals um, all over the country. We're actually trying to slow that down. And I really want to hone it in on just my oil paintings. But yeah, that's what we've been doing for the last five years, oil paintings and interior and exterior wall murals. You said you're trying to uh, slow down the murals. How do people come to you to get these, like, since you're trying to slow it down, I assume you're not reaching out to people to do murals and people are coming to you to do these murals. How are they finding you and what type of murals are they trying to get you to do? That's correct. Yeah, we've, we've been extremely lucky in that we've never, we've never marketed, we've never paid to market. Um, People find us on Facebook really predominantly. I have a larger following on Facebook than I do Instagram. And that's been a great resource for me. A little bit Instagram and then word of mouth. And obviously a lot of the murals that are public, anybody can see. So they can go right up to it, see my name, Google it, and then contact me. You know, they they end up finding my website through that and then contact me through there. Um, And yeah, it just, it, it all started with a woman who right after we moved to Florida, I'd say about six months after, 
a woman commissioned me to paint her dogs. After that, she said, I have a wall in my backyard that's my neighbor's garage that butts into my yard and I want it painted. And it was probably like eight by eight feet by 12 feet about. And she said, will you paint a, a mural on it of manatees and dolphins and sea turtles? And I said, yes, but I was totally in over my head. I had never done it before. I, I literally took like four weeks to do what would now probably take me two days <laughs> And I painted the whole thing with tiny little brushes and like store-bought acrylic paints, whereas now we use house paint, you know, in super large quantities. So yeah, that's how it happened. And it, it just, after the first mural, I posted in um, a big Facebook group we have here called I Love St. Pete. It has, I think, almost 100,000 members. And I posted in that page and the rest is history. People just, we get we get requests for murals all the time. And it kind of did the same thing my oil paintings did. People would request anything they wanted, and we said yes to everything. We would say yes to, you know, putting your logo up on your wall or creating an elaborate scene or, God, you name it, we've done it. And then I absolutely burnt out. I had no creative energy for it anymore. And as an artist, when you lose creative energy, it's like soul sucking. Like you, I'm like, why don't I go, you know, punch a time clock somewhere that I don't like working? You know, that's how it felt. And so I said, nope, I'm just going to paint what I want to paint. And so I, I would turn down more jobs and, and I was on a big octopus kick. So I was painting a lot of really cool octopus murals and, but murals are hard, man. They're a lot of work. They're exhausting. And they take away from my really true passion, which is painting in the studio with oils. So a question, and you kind of already alluded to it, um, when you were first starting out, you know, you were just painting anything and everything, but for kind of people who are entrepreneurs who are starting out their business, what kind of strategies did you use to kind of build up that clientele that, you know, you eventually, you know, had and were able to kind of build off of to do other things that you were passionate about? People ask us that all the time. And I feel so bad because if I'm being completely transparent, transparent, my answer is we always joke that for the last five years, we haven't known what we're doing next month, this week. Like we never, (laughs) we have never had a plan. And I think, I think that's kind of part of why it's been so successful. Type A planners are probably cringing hearing that because, you know, it, it helps to know that there is an instruction manual somewhere, but in, in our experience, there isn't. And so when you're making your own way, you kind of have to really be bendy and flexible and there's also an aspect of totally following your gut. Like when I realized that I've been unhappy and I've been in a creative rut for one month, two months, two months, five months. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? I I don't even know why I'm painting anymore. I have no juice for this right now. That's when it's time to make a little bit of a change and you kind of have to dig deep and say, okay, well, how can I make this change, but also pay the bills when, you know, my clientele is expecting A, B, and C. So it's a lot of bending and flowing and it it gets a lot easier as you build clientele because you learn that the more, the more consistent you are with your passion and you just like throw out the thing that you are so pumped about living for, you just put it out there all the time and you just exhaust people with it your supporters will support you no matter what you do. And that's what I've learned. I, I would have given anything to have believed that in the beginning. 
but I didn't. So that's why I said yes to every job. And there's a little bit of a, you know, I have to be grateful for that because all the jobs that I didn't love doing, they just helped advance my skill set and helped give me clarity on what it was that I didn't want to be doing more of. So I'm grateful for even that stuff. That definitely makes sense, especially the getting clarity on since you took any and everything you learn, like some of this shit I don't ever want to do. So that mm-hmm. definitely makes sense. Um, as far as I hadn't done it, as far as that, uh, the murals did go while you were doing those, or while that was like ramped up. Were you only doing it in uh, St. Pete's, or were you like traveling across America doing this? Yeah, we travel all over. We've been to uh, New Mexico. I we've done a lot in Colorado. We've been to the Bahamas. Um, I think, I think that's it for states. And then we obviously have a lot in Florida outside mm-hmm. of St. Pete. We have a bunch in Tampa. We have north and south of St. Pete a few hours. Um, but we travel all the time, all the time for it. Question about the murals. I feel like just because we've been talking enough about them, we should probably just get into the actual. So you and I want to say, I don't want to assume your husband are the ones who run the Happy Mural Project. So you, you kind of just want to give us like a insight into what that is and kind of what inspired that project that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Happy Mural Project was inspired by me saying, screw it. I love painting murals, but I don't want to paint what other people want all the time. So I just want to create something that when people see it, it can be a little bit of a ripple into them feeling a little better that day. In essence, we just want to spread joy. My husband and I have been like that for a long time. We started an apparel company in Colorado and they're tagline was live limitless, trying to inspire people to step out of their comfort zones, do the thing that they're crazy about, you know, et cetera. But the happy mural project was kind of that with large scale murals. So I said, what makes people happy? And we kind of thought about that. And I was like, sunflowers, sunflowers are, are bright and really joyful. And you can't look at a sunflower without feeling a little better, unless maybe you're like allergic to sunflower seeds. (laughs) And so I came up with this idea and I made a few mock-ups on the iPad. And then by that time, I had already, we had already had so many great connections uh, with business owners because we had had an art gallery down here in St. Pete. We don't have that anymore. We closed it, but we made so many great connections with that. So once I came up with the mock-up and the idea, and the mock-up is basically a rendering of what the mural would look like on your wall. So I take a photo of a like any wall. I, I draw my mural on in an app on my iPad. That way I can show people like what it would look like exactly on that wall, if that makes sense. So it really helps a visual aid. So I created this mock-up of all these different sunflowers. I went to the store, bought them, you know, traced them out, copied them on my, on this drawing. And then I just presented it to all the business owners I knew and or building owners, I should say, not just business owners, because I needed I needed the person who owned the building to be cool with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I sent it to all these people and I said, This is the premise, this is what it is, and essentially we're asking you to pay us for it, but you don't get a say because it's what we want to do. And <laughs> it's gonna make people really happy. And I got a lot of no's. And then one um he's a He's a proper, he, he does everything. His name is John Barquette and he's the sweetest man in the world. 
here in St. Pete and he owns so many buildings here in St. Pete. And he said, absolutely. I've got the perfect building for you. Let's do this. And we had worked with him before doing his mural in the very beginning, which was a logo mural. If that's not how stuff comes full circle, you know? And so he was cool with it. He totally trusted our process and we did it. And it, it just went viral. It blew up. Every news station was there filming. It also happened to land right at the beginning of COVID, the first mm. happy mural wall we did. And so it was bringing a lot of happiness when all people were seeing on the news was like stress beyond belief. And so it ended up being this really, really beautiful thing. And then from there, I don't, do you want me to talk about the community murals now or do you want? Yeah, sure. Okay. So from there, we were like, oh my God, this is really having a greater impact than we ever could have even imagined. So what if we can create this to be a community mural? And it, conveniently, we got a call from a another um, building owner out in New Mexico. And we had somebody else in St. Pete who had a wall for us. Who And both of those people were interested in this idea of a community mural, which was where I would design the mural as a color by number. And then we project the mural in the dark with like a, you know, your standard projector. Mm-hmm light it up on the wall, trace out the lines, trace out the numbers. And then the community, we, we market it like crazy. And then the community comes out and fills in the shapes the next day. And the first time we ever did a community mural, it was one in St. Pete here. I added hands of all different colors and all different nationalities holding sunflowers and the hands, the flowers, everything was designed as a color by number. I barely touched this wall and when you see this mural, it, it you can't even believe that it was painted by people that don't paint, that don't, you know, your everyday moms and dads and kids. And so that was extremely, extremely fulfilling for us. So we went on to do another one of those in New Mexico. And we're actually in talks to do another one in a different city in New Mexico right now. The community murals are one that I would do again in a heartbeat. We're trying to get away from the standard commissioned murals where someone calls us and says, Hey, I want this on my building. It needs to have X, Y, Z, you know, blah, blah, blah. The happy mural projects will do for the rest of our lives. If, if people keep asking for them because we love them and the community aspect of it is just, you can't even, it's, it's, it's electric. Like the energy there of people who, when you see a mural, you have no idea what's involved. You have no idea how, you know, people get, art so large scale on these walls and then you have those people with those questions they're putting the paint on the wall and then every time they drive by it they're empowered and they're excited and they're they were a part of it so more of those <laughs> it, i mean if for people who are listening the happy mural project on instagram i mean if you look at these these are incredible like i was looking at them the other day and i was like i like I want some property just so I can have this. Like, I think it's so cool. And even the community aspect even makes it so much better where you can get other people involved and, you know, people can feel like they're part of their community. They're, you know, making it look better. And it's just a good thing to look at. It's all positive vibes. That Absolutely. is super cool. So Alyssa, what's been your favorite mural to do so far? And then on the other hand, what's been your favorite oil painting to do so far? Ooh, good questions. I'm going to start with the oil painting. I 
I did an oil painting of, okay, so I, th- there's a little bit of backstory to this. I'll try to make it concise. I have been taking so many lessons from oil painters I admire because I'm self-taught. I didn't go to mm. school for it. So that's how I learn is I go to workshops, I take classes online, I do all this stuff. And I've always kind of kept my paintings very, very expected. I do a a seascape or a landscape and I don't put much of my flair on it. I just paint what I see or I have a photograph and I paint the photograph. Well, one day I woke up and I had this crazy urge to paint something just so off the wall and so joyful. And I was sitting there on my iPad looking through images. I'm, I'm crazy about birds. So I found this image of a spoonbill, which is, if you've never seen it, it's a pink bird with like a yellow and white chest. And it has this long bill that comes out to a paddle at the end. And it's the weirdest looking bird you have ever seen. And they're so pink that when you see one, when you're driving by, you think it's a flamingo or something. But they're, they're much smaller than a flamingo. But anyway, I, I found this photo of a spoonbill, and I had this wild idea. I had never done anything like this. To put headphones with a unicorn horn on the spoonbill, and he was listening to, like, an old cassette player, and the cassette player had a broken antenna, of course, like the ones that you pull all the way out because – I'm a 90s baby and I never sing I never once had a device with an antenna that wasn't broken like 3 days after you took it out of the box. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, so he's listening to this antenna, this cassette player and I was like, "Oh, I I I'm obsessed with this painting. I whipped it up in like 3 days because I was so energetic about it. It just went so fast." And I was like, "I don't know if anybody's going to like it. It, you know, it's just some crazy idea I had and it fulfilled something weird and wild and it was satisfying for me, but I don't know, you know, what, what the general population is going to think, but I posted it anyway and it sold four hours after I posted on Facebook for $4,000, which was the most I had had an oil painting sell for that wasn't a commission. So that was like when it sold, I was just sobbing and so emotional. So that's my favorite oil painting on so many levels. It was integral to my confidence as an artist because it every almost every single painting I've done since then has been that wild and creative. I'm putting flower crowns on animals and I'm I'm just doing all these crazy things and people are so receptive to it, which I mean, it sounds so cliche, but my God, follow your damn dreams. Like you will be successful. The The people that are out there watching you, the more passionate you are, the more they care about it. And it's so much easier said than done. But that was one of those. I did it and it showed me. And now I have like, and that just happened. That, that was just this, um, let's see, that was like October, September, October of last year. I see it on your Instagram. It's really cool looking. Isn't it weird and fun? It is so fun. Thanks, girl. I'm obsessed with it. So that's my favorite oil painting. Favorite mural. um, I think probably either the Hands of Change mural, which was the one at uh, downtown St. Pete with all the different color hands holding the sunflowers and the John Lennon quote. Either that one or we did a really, really gorgeous um, sea turtle mural, which probably isn't anywhere on Instagram. 
we actually traded our boat. We have a sailboat and we traded our sailboat for a new custom trailer for this mural. We needed a trailer. Ours, the one we bought the boat with was breaking down. And I called this trailer company and I was like, you know, what, what's the cost of your trailers? Can I get a quote? And they were like, yeah, six to $7,000 for the size of your boat. And I was like, oh my God, you know, we can't afford that right now. But if you ever need a mural, like I was totally joking. And then the guy was like, well, come look at our wall. <laughs> it ended up, we did a flat trade for a brand new custom trailer for our boat and they got a shiny new mural. So that was really, really fun. I'm yeah. going to have to start bargaining with painting. I mean, oh, I can't paint, back. but damn. I'm bringing back bartering. So, Alyssa, what's the most valuable thing you've learned from teaching yourself how to oil paint? Oh, my gosh. What a good question. Um, like, technically or... Or, like, anything. Like, have you learned anything about yourself? Just to never, ever, ever doubt myself if I, if I have a wild idea. And that, that's, that is huge because I'm filled with self-doubt and that's something I work on all the time. Like it's exhausting how much I work on it. And so anytime I'm feeling, I don't know, like my work isn't good enough or my ideas are too crazy or something I want to do isn't going to be well-received, I just hone it back in and I remember that spoonbill painting. And I tap into the place that I was at mentally when I came up with that, which was just pure fun. Like when I came up with that idea, literally my cheeks were hurting when I was sketching out the idea on my iPad because I was so pumped about how fun the painting was going to be. And this is my job. So the more I can tap into that, it really, it turns it into what's the saying? Um, You'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> wise. Wise beyond my years. Um, you <laughs> talk the most valuable thing you learn, like, about yourself or, like, on the job. Now we've got to talk money value. It seems you're successful. It seems you've really killed the market doing this. What's the lowest you'll do a commission piece for somebody now? An oil painting or a mural? Um, For both. Because I assume you value your time and you got a lot of people wanting you to do this. So what's like the low end of what you'll do for a mural or a wall painting? Murals start at 5,000 and that's mm. for like maybe an eight by eight wall. And then they go up from there. So typically the murals end up ranging between like seven and anywhere. Uh, it, it totally depends on the client, but seven to 20. And when I say that, it's not like $20,000 in one day. It's, mm -hmm. for example, we did a big job for Harley Davidson when they built a new location right by our house. And we went in and painted tons of different things for them. It was nothing exciting. It was all pretty boring, like hand lettering. And the name of the Harley is Burt's Barracuda. So I painted a big, just solid black Barracuda fish on the wall. I didn't have any creative say in this stuff, but they paid really well. But... <laughs> we get paid every time we do a job. So it's not all at once. It's spread mm. out. Um, that's for murals and then oil paintings. I haven't taken a commission in a few years, but if I were to, my minimum would be 1500 for like a six by six and that's six by six inches. So I actually just had someone reach out and wanted a dog commission and it's somebody that I'm really close with from my childhood. So I'm going to do their painting for them. 
but typically I say no to commissions anymore. So at this point, you're just painting what you want and people just, they just buy it. Like it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's so weird to hear another person say that. (laughs) Yeah. But that's almost like, I feel like that's the best, especially as an artist. Like you said, you did, everybody puts their time and you put your time in of doing anything and everything. And now it's like, especially what you said about the turning point of, you know, you sold that painting. That was all you, you put your flair on it. And now like you're hitting that point where, Hey, I'm going to do me. And people like it. And I feel like that has to be such a great thing to kind of have in your life. It's literally the best thing in the world. I think this past year has been the fastest, most accelerated year that I've ever, I mean, like last year, 2021. It just, yeah, it did so much for my confidence. Because the minute you believe in yourself, you are unstoppable, in anything that you that you set out to try and then the people find you that's a big question i always get is how did you find your collectors and i seriously say like yeah i busted my butt posting on all these pages and finding groups specific to paintings i would do for example if i do a sunflower painting i try to find a big sunflower group on facebook and post it in there and get people that way but really people found me and i think there's some weird cool energy thing in the universe that that brings like-minded people together that way no that is that's dope and kind of like you and eric both said since you built that clientele you found out that like people are going to buy what you want you don't have to do like the commission anymore my one question is because you mentioned that you uh, experienced some burnout when you were doing commission now that you get to paint what you want and pretty much when you want have you had any burnout or is it all just like you're still all the highs right now. Well, that's why we want to stop doing murals because the it's not it's not burnout, but what happens when we get a mural job is I'm painting in my studio, painting in my studio, having a blast, pumping out paintings like every day or every few days if they're larger, having the time of my life. Then we get a mural job. We say yes to it. Well, say the job is only going to take a week for us to do. This actually just happened. We just finished a job a month ago, and this is what happened. The job takes a week, but a week before that is a ton of prep work on my end. I'm designing the entire thing, and the more detailed the mural, obviously, the longer I'm sitting designing the mural. Then we have to do all the prep as far as like buying the paint for the mural, which lately has been nuts because I guess kind of off topic, but relevant. There was a, a paint explosion when there was that big freeze in Texas. Remember that? Yes. And it something happened where the pipes burst at a major paint uh, manufacturer and it created paint shortages. It's creating paint shortages now everywhere. So we have to call all these different places and get in to go way ahead of time where in the past we used to be able to just call up Sherwin Williams or Home Depot or anywhere and get all of our paint for the job that day. But now we have to prep ourselves. We have to give ourselves at least a week of that. So my husband usually does all that stuff, all the, all the gathering of supplies, but so there's a week of prep, a week where we're actually painting the mural or more if it's a larger mural. And then when we're done, we are so exhausted and I am completely burnt out because the murals are so 
laborious. They're just, they're a lot of work, especially if they're outside and you're in the heat and the elements and there's mosquitoes because we're in Florida and it's just a lot. It's very, very exhausting. There's people coming up to you all the time if it's a public mural. So then we get done and I don't want to talk. I don't want to paint. I don't want to do anything. And then I'm, I really don't have any creative energy to do anything again for about a week. So what really only took us a week of painting the mural was three weeks of me being out of my studio. So getting back into oil painting feels grueling because I haven't done it in a few days. It's just like any, any craft or any hobby. If you have a hobby and then you go away from it for a while and then you come back to it, you're, you're rusty. Like you're not as smooth. Whereas when I'm painting every single day, I that's like my absolute Zen space. So I have not experienced burnout with oil painting, but I also haven't had an opportunity to do it consistently all the time because up until recently we've had murals um, like once a month or once every two months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had a quick question though. So would you say like it almost gets to a point when you're done these murals where you're just like, I don't even want to look at paint. Like I just need a break and just, I don't want to see a paintbrush. I don't want to see a can. Like I need a week to kind of reset before you kind of jump back into just your Zen mode of it all. Yep. Absolutely. Every once in a while, some will be, a mural will be so inspiring that it'll make me want to paint more, but I think that's only happened like one time. And that was a community mural where I didn't even paint. (laughs) As for this uh, inspiring you to like want to go out and paint, do you ever like need more inspiration just for your like oil paintings or you got that on lock? That just comes easy. (laughs) Oh my God. I get that question all the time. And it's, it makes sense why you ask it because a lot of artists do. It's called artist block, what you're talking about. And many artists experience it. I have no problem coming up with new ideas. I have ideas. I have ideas forever. Like I love living here so much. We've been here five years and it feels like we've been here six months because it's that that's how fast the time has flown. I mean, I can go to a boat yard and be like blown away by the beauty of the boats and the dirt and the heels of the boats. I can go to the St. Pete Pier and the Pelicans like bring me to tears because I think they're so gorgeous. I can walk out my out my front door was where I took that photo of the spoonbill was literally right in my yard. Like I there is no end of inspiration here for me and I don't know if I'm going to reach a point when I do find a halt, but so far, no, I have not. And it helps that I travel a lot too. I go back home a lot to Colorado. I'm actually right now I'm going back every month because I'm working on a big leg sleeve, a big tattoo on my leg. And Mm -hmm. I'm going every month for my artist. And so that kind of switches it up for me a little because I, I recently just painted a snowboarder painting when I was up snowboarding at Arapahoe Basin and I painted skiers. And so it's not always nautical, but definitely like 98% nautical because that's what I'm so pumped about. Man, artist brain just hit different. She says, <laughs> I go to the shipyard and I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, let's, let's dive into this because we've talked about Florida. You talked a little bit about Colorado. What exactly made you move from Colorado to Florida? Because as you said, they are very different places. (laughs) 
They are very different. We, um, we had been in the same condo for three years and our landlord has, hadn't raised the rent on us. He was a good friend of my husband's and we were paying like $1,200 for a big old three bedroom condo right at the foothills of, you know, in between Littleton and, and Red Rocks. Essentially, we were like five minutes from Red Rocks. And he said, I'm going to be selling the condo. You guys have first dibs, but if you don't want it, I'm going to sell it. And when I do, you have 30 days. He sold it in four days. Mm. So he sells it, says, okay, 30 days, you have to be out. And we weren't planning to move. We were, we were looking around at prices to rent still in Colorado, but prices that was right when everything started growing so much in Denver and prices were jaw dropping for the same amount of space. And we had two big dogs at the time. Like we, we needed space, you know, and we looked around, looked around the minimum of what we, what we could find was like $2,000, $2,500 for the same amount of space. So then we were like, Oh my God, can we downsize? Can we do a one bedroom, a studio? And the options that were available were laughable. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was awful. And so we were like, oh my God, what if we, what if we move? What if we do this and, and get out of here? And we both had grandparents growing up that lived in Florida about an hour north from where we are now in like the Palm Harbor, Tarpon Springs area. And so we kind of knew St. Pete-ish a little. And so I, I found us a bunch of houses for rent to look at. We booked a trip down here and... We found a house to rent on that trip. And then within 30 days, we were out of our condo and moved to Florida. And it was just just a big adventure. We just wanted something different. And we thought, without a doubt, that eventually we would want to go back to Colorado. But we both love it here so much that we know eventually we'll probably buy here. We still rent, but we'll probably end up buying somewhere around St. Pete because we love it to death. That is crazy that you went from like a 30-day thing to just... Colorado to Florida. I know. And leaving all our family, everybody was in Colorado. Like we left everyone, but that was kind of exciting. We're both very close to our families, but there's something kind of thrilling about getting away and not seeing your family everywhere you go and having those familial like expectations, you know, of, of the weekends and things like that. So it was kind of fun and liberating. And I don't know if I ever would have had the gusto to be like, I'm reinventing myself. I'm doing this. I, in Colorado, I worked at a, I was, I was a head marketing, um, a graphic designer and marketing person at a mortgage company. And I had this big sky high, gorgeous office. I was making more money than I'd ever made before. Like all my credit cards were paid off. I had a big old savings account and I hated my life. I had my headphones in all day. I'm a super social person. I really love people and I hated what I was doing. And so moving here as scary as it was to leave that big salary and then go to nothing. And like in the first few years, man, we had nothing. Like we didn't know how we were going to buy groceries so many months and the fear or I should say the excitement of the possibility of me doing what I loved outweighed the fear big time. I mean, that kind of makes sense, though. All three of us 
it seems I just thought about it, moved away from our families and I can't speak for everybody else, but like I'm having a blast. So fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, like it's great. Right? Isn't it fantastic? And it's funny because Braden's Braden just had a bunch of his family move here. And it's wild. And when they first told us they were moving here and they're moving like right next to us. And my oh. brother calls us and says, We're moving and we I want to be closer to you because I'm having a baby. So where do you live? We want to move there. So literally in the last year, we've had half of Braden's family has moved here. My brother, his wife, their baby, and soon to be another baby are all here. And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> you yeah, are. If you ever run out of inspiration, it's time to leave Florida. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, yeah, we're uh, we're up like really, really up north, like Jacksonville. <laughs> like we're up there. I know. Sure. Would you say your move from Colorado to Florida like inspired you to travel more or was that purely like motivated by having to travel to do your murals? I've always loved traveling. I I even traveled a lot in high school. Like I I mean, I mean it that I was a landlocked mermaid. I I had this like sick obsession with the ocean from such a young age and my parents were like what's wrong with this child? we love the mountains. Where is she getting this from? But I loved it. And so every chance I got, the minute I was old enough to pay for a plane ticket, I would go to California or I would go to Florida or I would go anywhere where there was water. It didn't matter. North Carolina, South Carolina, it didn't matter. It just had to be water and it had to be warm and palm trees. And so I traveled as much as I could afford to when I was younger. And then being here, it's just been awesome that we do the murals but we do we do love traveling to do the work but there's something extra special and I think anyone can relate to this about traveling and not working because even though we have such a blast with what we do my husband and I are best friends so we love working together you know it's it's different than if you do a vacation just because you want to do a vacation you know what I mean mm-hmm. totally so where's one place you'd like to travel to that you haven't been yet? Ooh, out of the country. I really want to go to Australia. Um, Australia's nice. New Zealand. In the country, I would say I really want to go like north on the West Coast. I think that would be really beautiful and fun. I want to go see like I I'm I'm a California freak. I love 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 California. I go to San Diego all the time. Um, just this past year, I did a big trip where I just went went out by myself. I rented a van and I lived out of it for twelve days. And I did an oil painting workshop and I painted all over California. Like I just drove and stayed at different places every night. It was exhilarating. I would live in California in a heartbeat because it has the mountains, it has the ocean, it has so much whereas florida you can't see past the next stop sign because it's so flat you know what i mean it's, yeah <laughs> it's like the highest elevation is in a parking garage because it is so flat here and that was the biggest adjustment moving from colorado i felt kind of claustrophobic being here for about three or four months and then it went away but it was real like it stressed me out how there were never any hills where i could see above or below me never really thought about that but that does make so sense flat. Let me, I got to ask about the van trip. So I feel like recently <laughs> a lot of people and I, we've had friends who live in Australia and like all that who also, well, they live in like vans permanently and like do a lot of travel in that. 
do you see yourself ever actually being able to live like live in a van and travel? I feel like it's cool for like a trip, like you said, for, you know, 12 days, but long term, it just doesn't seem like a sustainable thing. We, it's funny you ask that. We, so after my van trip, I was so pumped about living nomadically, like being just, you know, one with the earth and doing my thing, whatever I wanted every day and not having rent and all of that. It was so inspiring and exhilarating. I got home and I was like, babe, we're buying a van. We're buying a travel trailer. We're getting something <laughs> that we can leave and live in. And so we did. We bought a travel, a 25-foot travel trailer that we pull behind. We both have Tacomas and we pull it behind one of the trucks. And we traveled. We did a six-week trip to Colorado last year in it with just the one dog at the time. And we also have an African gray parrot. So we did it with Knox and Gracie, the bird. And we did this big trip and I painted and Brayden helped like all of his family move. And we were just there while, while all this stuff was happening. And we loved it so much that on the way home, we were like, oh my God, we're going to do this full time. We are going to live in this trailer full time. And this, this is going to be our life. We're just going to travel everywhere and paint and I'm going to paint. And Brayden does everything behind the scenes of my oil paintings, which is a lot. And it's going to be amazing. Well, it was like the last four days of the drive home. Our dog could not stand when we were out of the trailer without him. And so he would like go crazy and he'd get scared and he'd scratch at the screens and rip the screens. And we were like, okay. And conveniently, of course, our lease was going to be up in the next, I think, two weeks. So if we were going to do this, we had to literally sell everything in our house, downsize to the size of a 25-foot travel trailer, and leave in 14 days. And so we got home, and that, that, that idea probably sounds insane, but if you knew us, you'd know that that's like the reg for us. <laughs> and anyway, we ended up extending our lease another year at our house. And if we ever do do that, it'll be in like a 40-foot Class A but yes, I do think it's sustainable. I think it's a massive adjustment. I think that you just have to know what you're doing. And I'm glad that we had the experience of trying it out in the smaller unit while we kept our house and we didn't make a big rash decision to just leave because it would have been tight. Our dog is our dog is 60 pounds, so he's a bigger dog. And now that we have another dog, I couldn't even imagine it being that tight of a squeeze, you know, full time. But eventually, yes, I do think it's why we haven't bought a house yet, because we really we think we will do that one day. See, I do feel like there is a difference, though, between like you're talking about, you know, you had like a travel trailer. And then if you were going to do it again, you would do it like 40 foot. There's a big difference between that and the people who buy like a little van and they're like cramped with like a bed and like like, a composting toilet and like no storage. Like there's levels to the game. I know there's lots of people that live in those tiny vans with animals and it's, we follow a lot of them on Instagram and it's just crazy. I'm like, how do you still have any like friendship with your partner at all? How do you not hate their guts by living that close? How do you squeeze into this tiny thing? You know what I mean? It's, it's wild when you see it, when you see people do it and they've done it for years. 
Yeah, I'm also anti uh, tiny homes. I have a big hate for them as well. Oh my god! So, Both of yeah. us very anti tiny homes. It's it's the stupid. Like I understand it, but like also I hate everything about it. Everything I can't stand it at all. I got um, no beef with tiny homes. You Neither. should. Yeah, you definitely should reassess. <laughs> have you ever like been in not even an argument, but like just been with your partner or your significant other and be like, damn. I would like ten minutes of alone time. Where are you gonna go in the tiny home? Yeah, get out of the get out of the house. Go stand outside. Go sit outside. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you had to comas. My bad. You, no, you're not getting two tiny homes. <laughs> you had to comas. Do either of you have the brown one? Oh my god. Oh my god, like the Sahara Desert looking. Yes. No, we don't. I have a white one that I've had for eleven years and. Um, Brayden has like the green. It's like a grayish green. That brown one is the nicest color vehicle I've ever seen. I hated it at first, and then I loved it. I totally hated <laughs> it when they came out with it. The fact that she knew exactly what you were talking about, <laughs> like, is so funny, and I also hate it as well. <laughs> I love Tacomas. I'm a Tacoma crazy. I do too. That used to be my dream car, and then they brought the Bronco back. Now I want a Bronco. You like the new Broncos? Yeah, those shits are nice. I still don't know how I feel about it. I think they've grown on me. At first, I was kind of weird. Now I see them more, and I'm like, I could do this. Yeah. They just made them so sporty and so modern that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in a headspace to speak about that right now. (laughs) When we were visiting Anna's uh, parents, Mm -hmm. we were like walking around their neighborhood, and I saw like one of the old ones, and I was like, do I just walk up and like how much for this right now? Yeah. Um, I can't lie. I used to love the old one. Thanks to OJ. <laughs> Not OJ. Oh. Jesus. Better um, than <laughs> it, it is. Talking about the RV life though, what are some things like you wish you had known before you bought one that like during the trips and all that, you were like, oh, this is something we did not account for? Well, We actually really got the perfect unit for us. We did so much homework before we bought it. And it had helped that I had just done my van trip in California because I knew that one person, I was fine in a Dodge Promaster or whatever my van was. I think that's what it was. But I knew that for us, we needed something that affordability was huge. It had to be in our budget. And then that the budget dwindled quickly the minute that you say, oh, do we want a drivable, like a class A or a class B? A, a B is a van and A is like a big, um, you know, like a big RV, like a 40 foot RV drivable. Or do we want a, um, a travel trailer? Travel trailers are way less expensive, but you need a vehicle to pull it. So there were so many pros and cons. But at the end of the day, it was if we're traveling and then I go out to paint like on location somewhere, I want to be able to leave and paint in like, you know, it's it's I, I do it alone. Like I shut the door in my studio. I don't want anybody talking to me or distracting me. I don't want my husband and the dogs and everybody there. Sometimes like I can paint with him around sometimes, but for the most part, I want to be alone. So that was a big thing. If we travel and I paint, I need to be able to get away. So that also checked the box for getting a travel trailer because they can park the trailer somewhere, set it all up, have a little home to live in, and I can go drive 
and do my thing somewhere else. And I do that a lot. I like set up on location and paint right there. It's called plein air. Um, so that was part of it. And yeah, it just, it came down to budget. It came down to, we had to have a, a bathroom, like a toilet and a shower. It had to have at least a queen size bed. Originally we had like a king was a non-negotiable, but that pretty much limits you to a, a 40, like a 36 foot or bigger. So there was a lot of things. And then once you do look at a travel trailer, you have to get the one that your truck can pull that your tow capacity mm. is appropriate for. So then that limited our search even more. And then we found the one that we have looked up every review, every YouTube video in the world on our, our exact unit found that it was just the best, most reliable thing ever. And so we found one, it took us a while to find one, but we found one over in um, like St. Augustine, which is directly East of us on the East side of the state. And we picked it up. My last question for you. So I've, I've painted a couple times in my life, not to brag or anything. (laughs) Um, It takes me, it takes me quite a while. So for someone who can actually paint really well, such as yourself, how long does it usually take you to, you know, paint these paintings? Um, obviously it depends on the size. I did, I did two paintings today. I did a 12 by 18 and I did a, an eight by eight. Um, they each took me about an hour and a half, but that is because I've been painting for years and I've really dedicated myself to it. If I do like a 24 by 36, it takes about three days and that's putting about four hours in each day. Um, something really a lot larger, like a 48 by 60 probably would take a week. I don't really do big paintings like that anymore. It's funny in the beginning, I was obsessed with painting large like a shock value. You know, I wanted to paint the biggest painting ever and it would sell for a lot of money. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you can't learn very quickly when you're spending so much time exhausting your energy on this big, huge painting, you don't get anything done. So I really limited my size. I took about a year where I only painted on like nine by 12s or smaller. And I really grew because I was able to pump out more paintings And I was able to learn more through every mistake that I made on all of those paintings versus having a big painting that would take me a week. And by the time I'm at the end of it, I hate the painting. So you know what I mean? I don't even know why I started Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, you get faster with time for sure. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, I imagine Eric's novice level painting takes quite some time. Yeah, it's not great. The acrylics (sighs) don't help either. Um, I have one last question as well. Nothing to do with painting, nothing to do with RVs. Um, You mentioned you were a 90s baby. Oh, no. Regarding this. Um, What year in the 90s, by the way? 90. 1990. Okay, that's fair. Anything after 95 is not a 90s baby. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Um, When we speak of 90s, 90s babies in specific, what are some things that come to mind? Cartoons, fashion, music. What are some like staples of being 90s babies? Because I've been trying to explain it to some of my friends who claim they're 90s babies, but they're not. And they just don't get it. Oh, my God. My husband and I have this talk all the time. And the thing we come down to is it's so different between men and women. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is jelly shoes. But God, like, do you know that? Do you know about jellies? No. I know about them. Yes, see? You're not a 90s baby. You don't know. <laughs> I know about the jelly shoes. 
And I think like Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And okay. I think fashion is hard because I went to a Catholic school. So I had to wear the worst uniforms you've ever mm-hmm. seen. And ugh, yuck. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Music. Oh, my God. I was and am still obsessed with Christina Aguilera. That's when she came out. Um, Lisa Frank. You know, Lisa Frank, like, again, probably the girls know it. It's like the super rainbowy. I um, do know Lisa oh, Frank. Yes. I actually do. I don't know why I know that. Yeah, that's what I think of. And I think of Nickelodeon. Okay. And yep. I think of Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. Sabrina Teenage Witch, shout and out. Arthur. Oh, shout Big out Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> and I think of, I was obsessed with Nintendo 64, so I... Loved, loved, loved playing video games. Loved Donkey Kong a lot. Shut 007. Up. You might truly have been a 90s baby. She was born in 1990. Claims that they're a 90s baby. Please listen to this segment. Because if you didn't know at least half of that, you're not 90s. Diana. I knew half of that. Oh God, I knew half of that. You're not, bro. You did it. You're not 90s. <laughs> I've watched Arthur. I've watched Nickelodeon. I knew the Jelly Shoes. I know Lisa Frank. I know Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. You're literally just, you've never seen Little Rascal, Diana. You're literally just, (laughs) name one character. The one with the alfalfa. Yeah, come on. What are we talking about? I said his name. It's alfalfa, isn't it? No, you only knew it was alfalfa because of the little hair thing that they call it. I'm sorry that that's his distinguishing feature. Darla's his girlfriend, isn't it? Yeah. You're not 90s, bro. 1998, baby. That's disgusting. Yeah, like this is sick. <laughs> she probably watched all these things when she was like in her like late like early twenties and was like, "Oh no, trust me, I know." No, everything I definitely now. watched them. I got them in, in the two thousands, but like it was rollover oh. from the nineties. It's nineties. Nah, you got them in like They're the two thousand and late I'm gonna come hug you. Thank and you. Watch Thank you. It'll be Diana's first time watching it. It will so not be my first time first. watching it. Oh God, I think we need to end on that. That was a great. That was a great last topic, honestly. Unless, Diana, do you have any other questions? I do not have any other questions. All right. So let's wrap this uh, episode up. Let's do some music and TV recommendations. TV-wise, just finished Married at First Sight season 12. It's a crazy season. Everybody, please watch it. It went crazy. (laughs) Have you watched 11 seasons prior to this? I know. I didn't even know anything existed with that many seasons. Oh, my God. It could go on forever. (laughs) <laughs> um, music wise I've just been listening to a lot of Young and May so I'd say follow that up as well yes sir Diana what do you got Um, TV wise Alex and I have been getting Peaky Blinders in we're on like season 4 now uh, kind of crazy definitely altering my personality um, and music wise how? how yes how this is controversial Peaky Blinders does a great job at painting Irish people as the villain. That's because they were doing that. If you're looking at it from like their perspective, they were. <laughs> historically, yes. <laughs> it was it's probably historically accurate. So they were doing a great job there. Music wise, I've been listening to Noah I think his last name is pronounced Kahan. K A H A N. His uh Cape Elizabeth E P. Okay. Alyssa, what do you got for us? Oh my gosh. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I 
we're re-watching Bridgerton. Have any of you watched mm. Bridgerton? I know I've heard of it. It's like unassuming and you don't think it's it's just all fancy, but it is so good. It's so good. I never watch anything for the second time and we're literally going through it again. Um uh. and music? I listen to a lot of older stuff, but I'm listening right now. I'm really obsessed with Leon Bridges. I'm I'm in a major Leon Bridges kick, Ooh. so I've been listening to him a lot. Shout out. Do love Leon. Yeah. TV wise, if you know me, you know I'm still on that Gilmore Girls grind. We're in the middle of season six, <laughs> loving every second still to this day. It's fantastic, dude. Y'all of the show is TV watches I've ever like ever seen. You've been Bro, watching this like, for like five months. They're like hour long episodes, and with law school, Anna, we can only watch you know a couple episodes a night, so. We'll finish it eventually. It'll be a sad day. I'm I'm not looking forward to the end of Gilmore Girls. Um, music wise, I actually got back into a J Cole uh, little mix in Scared Money. If you just need a workout song, mm-hmm. bro, just add that to the playlist. You're welcome. It'll get you so good in the mood, get you hype. You're ready to run through a wall. Oh my god. <laughs> Hype, hype, hype. Is he paying you for advertisement? He should be the way I just fucking hyped him up there. Um, okay, so we're gonna wrap this episode up, but before we do so, Alyssa, do you want to shout anything out? Anything to promote? Oh gosh, no, not that I can think of at the top of my head. All right, well, if you look in the episode description, we'll put your socials in there so they can kind of follow you, keep up with you. Um, your website and all that. So we'll okay, do that cool. Yeah, my website is just um, alissamariegallery.com and everything there is there. The mur- There's a murals tab, all the prints that, that we sell. Um, everything is there. All the work I've ever done, so you can see that. And the Happy Mural Project also has its own website, but it's all on Instagram too. Awesome. So again, go go check out her website, look at her art. If you like anything, purchase it. She's got some great stuff, highly recommend And with that being said, we're going to wrap this podcast up. So thank you for listening as always. Thank you, Alyssa, for coming on. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk, No A. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Spotify. Share the podcast with a friend. We greatly appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Peace.